This dynamic message is brought to you by Redemption in Jesus with Marco Bravo. Praise God. All right, well, this morning we have titled our message, When Does God See Us in Faith? So when does God see us in faith? So let me ask you that question. When does God see you in faith? Now, most people, I know that in general, and I would have the same answer, we would say, well, obviously, God sees us in faith when we believe in Him. Or we could say, when we act on what He says. Isn't that so? And yes, that is true. God does see us in faith when we believe Him, when we act on what He says. But then, you know, we need to ask the question, well, what does that look like? Is that exactly how it is? Is that exactly when God sees us in faith? And so that's what we are going to look at today. That's what we're going to explore Scripture uh, about and just see what God shows us today. I know that many of us are trusting God for so many things. I know that we are personally, but also as a church, we are trusting God for so many things. And, you know, we need to be reminded about what it means to be in faith what it means to walk by faith. Because after all, we are called to live by faith. Isn't that so? I mean, that's what this is all about. This whole journey of being a believer is because we believe. It's because we walk by faith. And so, when is it that God sees us in faith? And what does it look like? So let's begin that journey. And I mean, when you think about it, it's important for God to see us in faith. Or should I ask the question, is it important for God to see us in faith? Well, of course it is. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us that. It tells us how important it is for God to see us in faith. Watch, let's read it. But without faith, it is impossible. Notice, impossible, no possibility. It is impossible to walk with God and please Him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that He rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek Him. So right here we are told that without faith it is impossible to enjoy a relationship with God, to you know, receive from God, because receiving comes as a result of being in faith. And so too, it says that He rewards those who seek Him, meaning in faith, in terms of faith. So to answer the question, we see there that, you know, is it important for God to see us in faith? Clearly, we've seen that it is right there. And so that's what we want to explore here today. So without faith, I mean, based on what we've just read right there, without faith, God cannot be involved in our lives. That's something else that that portion is telling us there, that without faith, God cannot be involved in our lives like He would like to. And so, or should we say, like we need Him to be. It is faith that facilitates the atmosphere, that facilitates God's presence and God's involvement in our lives. Now, yes, we, when we receive salvation in Jesus, He lives and he, he lives inside of us. We become a new creation. He's always with us. But this is in terms of us enjoying all that He has provided for us by His grace. You know, He gives by grace, but we receive by faith, by believing. And so this is why 
he cannot be involved, we cannot expect him to be involved actively in our lives if we're not believing, if we are not in faith. So he's looking to see us in faith. And when he sees us in faith, that's when he gladly pours on us, or should I say, it just releases all that he has already provided. God's not holding anything back. At the cross, when Jesus said it is finished, everything was provided for us. That's why he said it is finished. In other words, everything we'll ever need was finished and provided for. And so we appropriate it, we receive it when we are in faith, when we believe. And so now to determine when God sees us in faith, what we need to do is we need to look at Scripture. And so what we're going to do today is we are going to look at a few accounts. So I'm going to read quite a bit of Scripture in the next while. So just follow and stay with me. I don't necessarily want to rabbit trail or get stuck on any of them because we can and so there's a greater point that I want to make here but I want to show you something so what we're going to do here is we're going to look at a few accounts of people who received a healing miracle from God and what I want to ask you to do is as we read these portions first of all pay attention to what I have emboldened because that's what I want us to focus on and you'll see that there is a different color for a specific bold section. I want you to notice that too. And so what we're going to see here, and also at the same time, see if you can identify a pattern in these different accounts of faith. In other words, what God saw. What is it that God saw as faith? Because these people were in faith. And so God saw that and they were supernaturally healed. So look for all those things, okay? So let's begin by doing that. Let's begin by, with Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 to 22. Watch this. Here's the first account. It says, Then a woman who had suffered from a hemorrhage for 12 years, look at that, for 12 years, came up behind him, that's Jesus, and touched the tassel fringe of his outer robe. For she had been saying to herself, if I only touch his outer robe, I will be healed. Notice where her focus was and who and what she focused on to receive the healing. Verse 22. But Jesus, turning and seeing her, said, Take courage, daughter. Your personal trust and confident faith in me has made you well. Look at that. I know one translation, the King James says, your faith has made you well, but that's in essence what it means. It means what she has done is she has put her trust and her confidence in Jesus. And that's what made her well. Then it says, and at once the woman was completely healed. Praise God. All right, let's read the next one, which is from Luke chapter 13, verse 11 to 13. Now, this is all from the Amplified, okay? It says, And there was a woman who, watch us now, for 18 years, notice the first one was 12 years, now we have another one for 18 years, had an illness caused by a spirit, a demon. Now, that doesn't mean that every illness is, is, <laughs> is as a result of demon possession or anything like that. In this case, it was. And then it says, She was bent double and could not straighten up at all. Imagine that. Imagine going through life having to literally just tilt your head as far back as you can and your eyes just stay up all the time in order to function. Then it says in verse 12, When Jesus saw her, watch this, 
he called her over and said to her. Notice how this is initiated and who is doing what he is doing. Woman, you are released from your illness. Then, watch this, he, again, laid his hands on her. And immediately she stood erect again and she began glorifying and praising God. Praise God. So once more we see another example there of someone who for a long time, you know, for us, 12 years, 18 years is a long time to suffer with something. Now you may be thinking to yourself, well, <laughs> Pastor, if you only knew, I probably break that record. I have some things that have been going on for a while. Or you may be saying something just started not so long ago and, you know, I'm trusting God and I'm believing and I'm doing this. Why isn't this going away? Well, this is why we are looking at this message today. Because somehow, so far in these two accounts, God saw these people in faith and their miracle manifested. And so that's what we're looking at here. Now, let's look at the next one. John chapter 5, verses 5 to 6. And then we're going to jump to 8 and the first part of verse 9. Let's read it. It says, There was a certain man there who had been ill, watch us, for 38 years. So the first one was 12 years. The next one was 18 years. Now we have 38 years. For some people, that's a lifetime. When Jesus noticed him lying there helpless, knowing that he had been in that condition for a long time, Jesus knew how long this man was suffering. He said to him, look again, who's initiating this and who this healing is coming from? He said to him, do you want to get well? And of course, he obviously answered, yes. And so watch what happens in verse 8 and the first part of verse 9. Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately the man was healed and recovered his strength and picked up his pallet and walked. So once more, we see another situation here. For a long period of time, 38 years, this man had been suffering with this condition. And Jesus comes on the scene. And Jesus takes the initiative, states what's going to happen, and the man is healed. And yet, I'm saying to you, God saw these people in faith, and this is why it was able, healing was able to manifest. I know that right now, based on, you know, just traditional teaching and teaching that mixes law and grace, some people are thinking, no, 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 this, it, it was Jesus, you know, he's, he's the Son of God, and these people really, you know, it's just mercy and grace. I'm telling you right now, these people were in faith, and God saw that. And this is why this happened. He wouldn't have forced healing upon them. They had to have, be in faith in order to receive. And so this is what we want to look at today. Because I know it goes against most traditional teaching. You know, most traditional teaching says you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and trust God like this, and declare this, and do this. And, do, and it's great to do all that. But at the end of the day, these folks didn't have any of that. They didn't have little cards with scripture to declare and confess. They didn't have to go and say it a hundred times and this and that. They didn't have to struggle with faith. Jesus showed up. Certain dynamics happened. And regardless of how long they had been suffering, they received their miracle. So we want to draw from that. We want to see what is it? What, is, what, what did their faith look like? Them being in faith, what was it? What did it look like that 
just it allowed the Lord Jesus and God to just supernaturally immediately heal them from whatever they were suffering for so long. Let's have a look at the next one. Acts chapter 9, verse 33 and 34. Now this is talking about Peter, the apostle. It says, There he found a man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years. There again, we see the length of time the man suffered mentioned. And was paralyzed. Peter said to him, watch this, Aeneas, look at this, Jesus Christ heals you. So here Jesus was not there in person, but yet he was through Peter. But notice, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately Aeneas got up. So once more, we see another situation there. This is after Jesus was resurrected and went up back up to heaven. But here we see one of the apostles and he does the very same thing Jesus did. But he doesn't do it in his name. He doesn't do it in the name of his ministry. He doesn't take time to tell the man how anointed he is and how long he's been in ministry and everything he's done. In actual fact, Peter, he could have, but he didn't. And he makes it real clear to the man right there and then, Jesus is the one who heals you. It is Jesus doing this. Even though I am here, I'm here just as a conduit, if you will, as a vessel, as a channel. But God, the, Jesus himself, is healing you right now. And so immediately the man is healed. So once more we see someone and we see the mention of how long he had been suffering and we see the dynamics of how the healing came. And again, Jesus saw this man in faith. God saw this man in faith, and that's why his miracle manifested. Let's look at one more. Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8, and then we're going to jump to 22 for time's sake. So let's begin that. It says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, that's 3 p.m. And a man who had been unable to walk, watch us, from birth, Golly, so this was a grown man who was lame, who was born crippled. And this is the way he was from birth. And this is who they encountered there. And it says they were unable to walk from birth, was being carried along, whom they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, so that he could beg alms, in other words, beg for, you know, people to donate to him so he can survive, from those entering the temple. So when he saw Peter and John about to go in the temple, he began asking them for coins. But Peter, along with John, stared at him intently and said, Look at us. And the man began to pay attention to them, eagerly expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, Watch us. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. Watch us now. In the name of authority power of Jesus Christ. In other, words, one, in other words, once more, this is Jesus doing this, not us, Jesus. The Nazarene, begin now to walk and go on walking. Then he seized the man's right hand with a firm grasp and raised him up. And at once his feet and ankles began, became strong and steady. And with a leap, he stood up and began to walk. And he went into the temple with them, 
walking and leaping and praising God. Now watch us in verse 22, still talking about the same man. For the man to whom the sign attesting miracle of healing had happened, watch us now, was more than 40 years old. So this man was born lame and now he was 40 years old. And for the entirety of his life, the total of 40 years, he was paralyzed, lame, crippled. And yet, God saw him in faith when Peter and John showed up. And you would think, how was he in faith? He wasn't even paying attention. Peter had to tell him to look up. He was in faith. And when God saw him in faith, his miracle happened. And someone who had never walked, who had never had any sensation of movement in his body, all of a sudden was completely supernaturally restored. And it says that he, that he stood up, he leapt, he jumped. You know, most people would probably think, hold on, just take it easy. You've never walked. You know, be careful now. You may break something. No. You see, when God sees us in faith, he restores everything completely and totally. And that's what we see right there. Now, having read all of that, we know that all of Scripture is inspired by God, right? So it's no coincidence that we are told about the length of time that these people suffered before they received the healing miracle. God has a purpose in everything, in every word that He writes in His Word. And the fact that in those accounts, He makes a point of letting us know how long these people suffered before they receive their miracle, you know why He does that? It's because He wants you and I to understand and realize that no matter how long something has been there, no matter how long we've been struggling with something, how long a chronic situation, a chronic disease, or chronic sickness, or chronic pain, whatever it has been, no matter how long and what the dynamics are, what it's done to you, what it's done to your body, God can and will heal you. But let me say this, and I don't mean this in a legalistic way. He needs to see us in faith. And you know, I hope no one gets angry because I know, I, know some, I went through this some, you know, some time ago with something that I was dealing with. You, you don't want to hear these, this kind of thing. It makes you angry. It makes you upset because it's like, I've trusted God. I've done all these things. And you know, here you're telling me that God does this and that. Well, just... You know, that's just resentment and that's from disappointment. I understand that. You know, that's just from not seeing a breakthrough. But don't quit. Don't give up. Listen to this kind of thing. Somewhere along the line, God is going to just say something to you that is going to explode revelation on the inside of you and you are going to feel and you're going to sense, now I am in faith. Now God sees me in faith. And when that happens, your miracle will happen. I am believing that it will be today. This is why I'm sharing this word with you today. And you know, when you think about it, so this is why He showed us the length of time. And He told us about it before they received their miracle. It's because God wants us to see. I understand some of you have been going through something. I understand some things have been going on for a long time. But it's not hopeless. Don't accept it. Don't live with it. I mean, you know, if we choose to live with it, if we choose to accommodate it, then we've accepted it. We should never accept that. <laughs> and I'm not saying be in denial, but don't accept it. Don't take ownership. 
You know, some time ago I was speaking to someone and um, I don't remember how the conversation was going, but they said to me, oh, you know, so I said, because uh, they were coughing a lot, and I said, are you okay? And, you know, the person said to me, well, yeah, you know, it's just my asthma. And I thought, it's I, someone I, just, I had just met, so I couldn't exactly give them a preach. But I thought to myself, by saying it's your asthma means that you've owned it and you've accepted it as your own. And, you know, you may think, well, that's just silly. Well, that's, that's the way that I walk by faith. That's the way that I choose to live. I refuse to own anything that the Christ has taken care of. I will not own it. I will never call it my own because it isn't mine. Jesus took it. I don't need to take it. And so, but anyway, so when you think about that, he shows us that. But then also, if you think about Jesus, and you know, the one example that I can think of is in Mark chapter 9. I think it's verse 29, where Jesus himself there was a man who came to him to heal his son. He said, my son is mute. In other words, he doesn't speak. And he says, this demon just throws him on the ground, throws him on the fire, throws him in the water. It's trying to kill him. And can you heal him? And before Jesus healed him, while the people were around him, Jesus actually asked the father, the man, he says, how long has he been this way? And I mean, you would think to yourself, you know, if I come to a preacher, and I want him to just pray for me and release the healing anointing. And he stops and he says, how long has this been going on for? You think, what does he want? What, what does it matter? How, what does he want to know? But yet God puts all that in scripture and even Jesus did it. Why? Because he wanted those around him to understand no matter how long <laughs> and what it has done to you, there, it's not hopeless. God can and will heal you and he will touch you. And so that's one of the things that we want to see from there. But also, uh, you know, when we look at that of those accounts, one of the reasons that God, why God wants us to know how long these people suffered is so that we can see that all things are possible with God. Do you believe that? Do you, and I'm not talking about just Christianese. I'm talking about do you really believe that? I'd like to think that we do. Amen. All things are possible with God. So without faith... Think about it. None of these miracles would have happened. Wouldn't you agree? Faith had to be involved. Because without faith, we've just seen it's impossible to please God. And don't expect to receive anything from God if it's not by faith. So faith was involved. Because without faith, none of these miracles that we read about would have happened. So faith was definitely involved. And so these miracles only happened because faith was involved. So then, we need to ask two questions with regards to what we've just read. The first question we need to ask is, why didn't faith work for them before? Isn't that so? Before Jesus came on the scene, whether it was in person or through one of the disciples, why didn't faith work for them before if faith was there? Or maybe it wasn't. And secondly, what was it that activated faith for them? Because something happened that activated faith for them and it manifested their miracle. And so we'll answer those questions. And in actual fact, we find the answer to, uh, in the account of the man at the gate of the temple who was born lame. We find the answers to those two questions in that account. So let me show you. Acts chapter 3 and verse 11. It says, And as the lame man which was healed... Held Peter and John, watch us, 
All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. So this miracle just happened. And Peter and John were whole, you know, they, uh, they were there and he was healed by them. And all the people began to run towards them. And they were wondering, what is it that just happened? They had questions. And so as a result of that, we see that they were astonished. They were questioning. They wanted to know what was it that made this man's miracle possible. And so Peter explains to them. He answers their question. And he explains to them in verse 16. Let's take a look at that. And we're going to leave that on the screen because I'm going to say a few things that I want you to see there. Peter gives them the answer in, in verse 16. He says, talking about Jesus, okay? He, Peter is talking about Jesus, giving them the answer because they were wondering. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him... <laughs> hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Right there, Peter gives the answer. Let's leave that there. I'm going to share some things with you. Just listen as, that, as you see that on the screen. Peter points out three specific things there. Look at it real carefully. Firstly, he says his name. In other words, the name of Jesus. Now, if you're a Hebrew or you understand the culture of those times, you know that a person's name talks about who that person is and what they're able to do. It describes the very person. And so what he's doing by saying, and his name, what he is saying is, is that it was the person of Jesus and his power that healed him. So he's pointing them to Jesus. The second thing that he does, he says, through faith in his name. In other words, what he's saying, it was reliance on who Jesus is and what he can do that healed him. And then thirdly, we see it says, the faith which is by him. By saying that, what Peter is saying is, is that Jesus was the source of the faith that healed this man. Did you hear what I said? Jesus was the source of the faith that healed this man. And so this is what God saw. And the miracle was manifested. So firstly, it was Jesus, the person himself, and his power. And then it was relying on him and what he can do. But also, more importantly, realizing that he, Jesus, is the source of faith or the faith to heal him. I mean, to some of us, that may seem like a totally different concept that from everything we've been taught and heard. But this is gospel truth. I've just shown it to you. Peter explained to us how these miracles all happen. And I said to you, look out for the pattern. That's the exact pattern we've seen in all of the situations. We see them, first of all, looking to Jesus and who he is and what he can do but then also look to Him for faith to be healed. In other words, His faith healed them. Not their faith, not what they could muster up, what they could do. They simply believed 
And by believing, they put their trust and confidence in Him. And Jesus' faith is what manifested this miracle. If this is just shaking your theology, your doctrine, your belief system a little bit, just stay with me because this is gospel truth. I'm showing it to you. And so this is what happened. This is why those folks didn't even expect it. They were just carrying on and the one wasn't even looking up. And yet when Jesus came, they realized, okay, he's here in person. Then they realized who he is and they knew he has power. And then they relied on his faith. They relied on him to be able to manifest that miracle. And that's what God saw as them in faith and it manifested their miracle. Powerful stuff, wouldn't you agree? I mean, ultimately, what Peter was saying is, is that it was all Jesus is doing, every single bit of it, including the necessary faith to heal them. Jesus did it all. Jesus is the one who did it. It was by His power and His ability, and He provided the faith to manifest the miracle. You see, when you mix law and grace, you cannot pull that out of that. Because law will always tell you, legalism will always tell you, you have to perform, you have to do in order to receive, which is how the law works. But we're no longer under law, we're under grace. And under grace we see here, and even before Jesus went to the cross, grace was already being extended to them through the Abrahamic covenant. And what happened? It was all Jesus is doing including the necessary faith to heal them. You see, it was total trust and reliance. That was their part, if anything. Just total trust and reliance. This is why they didn't have to go to Bible school. They didn't have to go on a healing course first and, you know, watch 101 miracle videos and not that there's anything wrong with that. They didn't have to do any of that. All they had to do is believe it is Jesus. He's able. He's got the power. And it is His faith that heals me. Because think about it. When Jesus was on the cross, when He was whipped, when He went through that suffering, for our victory, for our redemption, it was His faith at work that provided the finished work of the cross. So it is His faith that provides healing for us. What we need to do is put our trust and confidence in Him and His faith. And that's what we see here. I trust that this is making sense. Amen. And so this helps us see when it is exactly that God sees us in faith. And the answer is, God sees us in faith when we see Jesus as the source of our faith. Amen. I need to say that again. God sees us in faith when we see Jesus as the source of our faith. Amen. Because that's exactly what happened in all those accounts we read. All of those people were going about their business. Even the woman who said, if I just touch, his, touch his, the tassel of his robe, what she was saying is, is that it is him. It is his faith. I just need to connect with that. In other words, believe and put my trust in that. And she received her miracle. So in every situation, we see this pattern where people <laughs> just simply believed and put their trust and confidence in him including for the faith, and they received their miracle. So to answer those two questions that we asked earlier, remember, why didn't faith work for them before? Well, the answer is because they did not see Jesus as the source of faith. And when they did, it happened. Secondly, 
What was it that activated faith for them? Well, it was the realization that Jesus is the source of faith. When they realized that, faith, His faith, Jesus' faith, was activated for them in their favor. Amen. Praise God, praise God. I trust that there's, I, I don't know, I just sense in my heart that there's just someone or someones who may be struggling with this a little bit because it's so different to everything you've heard and everything that's out there. But this is gospel truth. Amen. And this is God's heart for us when it comes to receiving anything from God. And so we all need to learn to apply this in our lives. Amen. We're all learning, including me. This is for me. I'm listening to this. Amen. And I'm going to listen to it again because it is God speaking to us today. And so when we see Jesus as the source of faith, that is when God sees us in faith. Amen. And if you're not sure about that, let me show it to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the first part of that verse. We're familiar with this, but watch this in, in the context of what I've shared with you today. It says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now I want to draw your attention to that. Notice the word our is in italics. And what that means in the King James is, is that it is not in the original text, in the original um, yeah, text, which this was translated from. So really, it should read this way. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. But because in the greater context of this portion, it is talking about us and us being in faith. This is why the translators, I believe, put it there. Because it does apply to our faith. But it's really not our personal faith. It is, well, it is our personal faith because it's given to us by Him. But He is the source and the author of faith. So looking at that and having heard that, Jesus is the one who then brings faith into being. Let's put that up again. Watch this. Notice, Jesus is the one who brings faith into being. That's what it means to be the author. And Jesus is the one who also brings it to completion. That's what it means, the finisher. Right? So He is the one who brings faith into being in us and for us, and He is the one who completes it or perfects it in us and for us. So it's very scriptural <laughs> to see what we've seen in those miracles. They simply believed and put their trust and confidence in Him, and Jesus was the one who birthed faith and completed faith for them right there and then. You see, faith comes from Him. Amen. And so this is what we see right there. So true faith, therefore, only comes from Jesus and it is brought to perfection only by Jesus. And again, I say this with all due respect, there's nothing wrong with that. Cards, declarations, watching things, listening to things over and over, it's good to do all that because it helps us. But those things are not going to bring faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Yes, it does. Hearing this kind of thing. Hearing that Jesus is the source of faith. Amen. He, the word is Jesus. So yes, it does come from him. And so the point is, is that he it only comes from him and he's the only one that can perfect it and bring it to completion. Praise God. Now, there's something else that I want to show you in that portion we've just read. So here it comes again. Watch us now. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. 
of faith. Notice it says unto, looking unto. All right. So what does looking unto Jesus mean? We can take it away. What does it mean to look unto Jesus? Let me ask you a question. Or should I say I am asking you that question. How would you explain if I asked you, what does looking unto Jesus mean? Well, let me tell you how I would illustrate it or explain it. When I was a teenager, I was around um, probably about 14, 15 years old. And generally, once a year or once every two years, uh, you know, with my dad, my mom and my family, we would go to the beach to the, you know, just uh, we had to drive about six hours to a nice, beautiful beach. And we would go there and spend about a week or so there and just have a vacation and enjoy and have a great time. And we loved it. But it was around the age of 14 or 15 that was the first time that we went there, uh, for me anyway, at least. And so, you know, my dad and I, he kind of, because I was a little apprehensive and my mom was all concerned that her little boy is going to, even though I was 14 or 15, she was concerned that something would happen to me, you know, this big wide sea and, you know, there could be sharks and all these waves. And it was a windy day. There was a lot of current moving around. And so my dad said, okay, let's go in together and I'll kind of show you what you need to do. So we went in together and he said to me, okay, he says, we got to a point where I, my feet were going to need to go on my toes to still feel the ground. And so he said to me, okay, don't go any further. As long as you can put your feet on the sand beneath you, um, stay in that area. Don't go deeper than that. I said, okay. And so we kind of hung around a little bit. He showed me a few other things. And then he said he wanted to get out and just go and, you know, relax and catch a bit of a suntan. And he said, I'm going to be watching you. We're going to be watching you. He says, but remember, make sure that your feet are always on the ground. Don't let the current, the waves, take you away and move you away. Just keep moving back and make sure your feet are always on the ground. And so I said, okay, well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be the hero. And so I'm going to venture out a little bit. And I did that. And before you know, I couldn't feel the ground under me. The current was moving in such a way that it actually pulled me further in. And of course, not understanding currents and that kind of thing, I just lost my bearings completely. And I just saw myself going deeper and deeper and fading. And my family, you know, who were on the beach with the umbrella and everything, they were just getting smaller and smaller and fading away. And I began to panic because I wasn't exactly the greatest swimmer either. I mean, I knew how to paddle and get my way along, and I didn't understand currents. And so, praise God that the lifesaver on duty, the lifeguard on duty, actually saw me. And I guess it wasn't his first rodeo. And so, he saw me and he realized, this kid is in trouble. So, he kind of, and, and I waved at him like that. I mean, my arm, I lifted my arm higher, and he realized so he came and he ran, you know, like Baywatch. I don't, I, don't, I don't even watch the show, but I've just seen trailers of it. But he kind of ran in there Baywatch style with his little, um, what do you call those things, those rescue buoys, you know, the little kind of rocket looking things. And he ran with that in and he swam all the way to me and he threw it at me. He didn't want to get near me because I guess he understood that I'm, I may freak out and in actual fact people drown when, when that happens. And so he threw me his little buoy and he said, grab onto it. It had two little handles on the side. And he says, I'm going to pull you out. Just do the best you can to pedal your feet. 
And he got me out, but he swam in a different direction. He understood currents, so he knew what was going on. And praise God, he got me out. <laughs> At least to say that I got into trouble with my dad and my mom was not happy with me, but she was glad that I was okay. I mean, I could have drowned. Something horrible could have happened to me there. And so praise God for that. But here's what I'm trying to say in all of that. You see, when I saw that lifeguard, that lifesaver, I wasn't looking at him. I was looking unto him. In other words, what I was doing, and this is what it means to look unto someone. To look unto someone means that you expect that person to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And that's exactly what that lifeguard did for me. He did for me what I could not do for myself because I looked unto him. And that's what that means. And so really what we see here in Hebrews, and this is what it's saying, is, is that look unto Jesus when it comes to faith. Because he says, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith or of our faith. In other words, look unto him when it comes to faith. Or we can put it this way, expect him to do for you what you cannot do for yourself in terms of faith. Because he will author your faith and he will finish your faith. I mean, that's as clear as anything. It is so clear that it's telling us we need to look to Jesus for faith. But what has legalism, what has religion done? It's told us we've got to come up with it. We've got to master it. We've got to find ways to produce it. And yet, all along, because of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, we are told, look to him for faith. Look unto him and as a result of that, we'll see a miracle. And that's exactly what happened with these people. Amen. So this means that whenever faith is a struggle, it is because we are not looking unto Jesus for faith. We've become preoccupied with our faith. We've become preoccupied with trying to muster up and produce some kind of faith that can never do what Jesus' faith can do. No. If anything, God wants us preoccupied with Jesus' faith, not with us and our so-called faith. But ultimately, He is our faith. And we need to have that realization. Amen? That's what that means. And so, praise God. I mean, we need to look at Him for faith. And you know, a great example, He has two great, things, two great examples that I want to show you here, which in actual fact we already are doing. Most of us, all of us, in actual fact, are probably doing this already. You may be saying, well, how do I look unto His faith? You're already doing it. You did it for salvation. You, you trust Him to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. You're relying on His faith. But watch this now. In Galatians 2 verse 20. Paul here speaking, and he understood this. Watch what he says. He says, I am crucified with Christ. He's talking about who he was in fallen Adam, sinful Adam. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So he understood that he was a new creation in Jesus. Then he says, And the life which I now live in the flesh, watch us now. Most translations get this wrong. This is why I like to stick to the King James because it's one of the most accurate. Watch us. That I now live in the flesh. I live, watch what he says, by the faith of. Notice of, not in. Most translations put in and they change the whole dynamic to make it sound like you've got to come up with it. No, this is actually very accurate. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We can only live this new life in Jesus by the faith 
of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. It is only by His faith that we can believe that we are justified. It is only by His faith that we can put our trust and confidence in the fact that He made us righteous, He made us holy. And this is why we live this faith by His faith. Not something that we call our faith. We live it by His faith. Looking unto Him. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, here's another one where most translations get wrong, but it's actually accurate in the King James. Watch this. Ephesians 3 verse 12. It says, In whom, talking about Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence, watch this, by the faith of Him. In other words, we have confidence before God. We can be certain that we are accepted by God and that He accepts us and freely loves us and blesses us. Why? Because we live by the faith of Jesus. See, once more, looking unto Jesus, looking to Him to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Powerful. Amen. I trust that this is blessing you today. I, w- I wish I could share so much more, but I know we're running out of time here. And so let me say a few things in closing. When we look unto Jesus for faith, we will soon be looking at our miracle. Isn't that so? That's what those folks did. The examples we saw, the accounts we saw. They looked unto Jesus for faith and their miracle happened. And I want to encourage you today, whatever it is that you trust in God for, look unto Jesus for faith. It is His faith. Live by His faith. Amen. Just put your total trust and confidence in Him. His faith achieved it for you. His faith gained it for you. He, by what He did for us through the cross, He got us the victory. It is His faith that made it possible. So all we need to do is put our trust in His faith and let's trust Him and it will manifest. Amen. Praise God. You see, it's never about not having enough faith for a miracle, but it's about looking unto Jesus for the faith for our miracle. Praise God. And as I said earlier, God never intended for us to be preoccupied with having enough faith. Never. Those people were not. They weren't even thinking about it. I mean, if anything, if you want to be preoccupied with something, as I said, be preoccupied with Jesus' faith. Amen. Don't let religion and legalism put you on a hamster wheel of trying to come up with something that you already have in Jesus. Amen. Look unto Him and to His faith. I mean, you think about my scenario with this life, God. I put my trust and confidence in Him and His ability. In other words, His faith. He had the faith. He had the certainty, the assurance, let me put it this way, to be able to get Him and me out of there alive. All I did was just rely on Him. And I mean, that's a dim example, but it makes the point. This is exactly what we need to do when it comes to faith, when it comes to believing and trusting God. Put trust and faith in His ability, who He is, and His faith, because it is His faith that has got us the victory through the finished work of the cross. Amen. I trust that your miracle will manifest today and in the days to come. Amen. You see, resting in Jesus' faith is about resting in Him and His ability. And this is when God sees us in faith. Praise God. 
Praise God, praise God. And I sense the anointing right now. So I want to take just a few moments to pray for you. Yes, we may not be seeing each other in person right now, but you know, God is there. Jesus is there. Just like Peter and John, and when we saw those miracles, they said, Jesus Christ heals you. In other words, He's there. And in the same way, I may just be the channel, I may just be the one He's using, but Jesus Christ heals you today. He's there in person. He's in you, He's with you, but He's also there in person. And it is His ability, who He is, and His faith that makes you whole. Just put your trust and confidence in Him. So I sense in my heart that there are a number of conditions. I sense some chronic things. I sense some on and off things. I sense just things that have just tried to distract you from enjoying life and enjoying the wonderful blessings of God. And I see the Lord just being ready to, to heal you right now. As we've heard the word, let there be signs following. Amen. I sense some of you already receiving it. I can sense the anointing just pouring over you. But if that's you, why don't you just close your eyes for a moment. Stretch your hands towards me, however it is that you are seeing me. Oh, my. oh praise you, Father, my Father. The anointing is strong. Get ready to receive. Father, Lord Jesus, you are the healer. You are the one there right now healing them. It is your faith that is restoring, that is reconstructing, that is changing. There it is. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your healing. There it is. Just receive it right now. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm expecting to hear some wonderful testimonies. Praise God. I know the anointing is all over you. I can sense it. Just keep enjoying it. Keep enjoying it. And not just that, but also sense that you're going to be ministering to some folks and blessing them with the very same gospel truth. Thank you, Father, for your feeling power. I rebuke that back pain. I rebuke those sensations on the legs. I rebuke headaches. I rebuke things to do with your head. I don't know what they are, but I sense it. Just, I rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. He's healing you right now. There it is. You feel that heat. You feel that chillness sometimes. It's always pleasant. That's the presence of God. Just receive it right now. There it is. In Jesus' name. We trust that you are blessed by this message. For more information about our ministry or to make a donation to help us continue spreading the gospel, please visit our website at redemptioninjesus.com.